Welcome to the post Narc Life Podcast. It's time to leave behind the narcissist narrative and build an amazing life that you love. You got through, but you're not done. We're going to build your next level of wealth, create healthy relationships, find deep self-connection to expand your unique impact on this world, and leave behind a legacy of love. I'm your host, Laura, by the way. I've been there. I get it. And I've got you. Let's go build your post-narc life. Hello, hello. How are you doing? If you are listening to this, it is, I believe, the day after Christmas. So I hope you had an amazing Christmas. It is full-on, full-scale or Christmas break over here in my house, so hopefully you won't hear too much noise in the background, but I have two very wonderful, very rambunctious little boys and a beautiful two-year-old little girl who has found her voice. She she will make herself known. But anyway, I hope that you um, have an amazing, have had an amazing Christmas and that it's been a wonderful time of reflection and rest and peace for you. And if it has not, then uh, I'm here to help you. I would love to, to help you create that for yourself for next year. So today I want to talk to you about something really near and dear to my heart. First of all, I want to go over how the masterclass went. We just had our first masterclass. I'm very excited about the series of masterclasses that I will be offering for the year of 2023. And I thought, why wait? Let's just get started now. Let's get started with our first masterclass here in December. So our first masterclass was co-parenting like a boss, and it was so good. It was truly it went way better than I ever imagined it would go. And what was really magical about that experience was usually when I do a webinar, cause I love doing webinars. I just, that's just my favorite way to teach and coach people. And I was preparing for the webinar because, you know, I get a little nervous sometimes when I'm about to, it's not like I'm on a, a stage in front of thousands of people, but it is kind of like a stage, even though it's virtual, I'm still, you know, recording it for many people to watch later on down the road. I'm presenting valuable, hopefully life-changing information to my people who have shown up and decided to give an hour of or two hours of their time. This is an investment that they have made in themselves. And I want this investment to pay off. I want them to come back from that call being like, that was the best two hours I could have spent today. That was the best amount or that was the best investment in time that I could have made because my life is completely changed after experiencing that call. I can make new decisions. I believe in myself more. I'm able to feel more, you know, um, <clears throat> confident. Thank you. <laughs> it took me a minute to think of the word more confident around the narcissist in my life. And particularly for this, for this uh, group of people who, um, are in my audience that have to co-parent with a narcissist, I just know the heavy burden than that they carry. They, they have to not only deal with the person that they were finally strong enough to leave, they have to continue to deal with that person for more than 10 plus years in some cases. And so for me, I get it. I was there. I, I have never divorced anyone and I've never been in a toxic marriage. I've been in plenty of toxic relationships, but I've never married a toxic person. Um, thank goodness. And you know, there's lots of reasons why that's the case. And we will go into that in later episodes. Uh, but I was raised by, uh, two parents who both struggled with narcissism and deep emotional wounds and all of those things that we talk about in this work. 
And they were my parents and they raised me and they co-parented me for my entire childhood. And it was hard and it was bumpy and it was rough, but it was also miraculous. There was just so many miraculous things that happened. And so I wanted this class to be dedicated to those parents, you know, that my parents never had this type of class. They never, they maybe had some parenting class resources. They maybe had some therapists, but it never truly got through to them. It, it didn't work. And I wanted to create this masterclass for, for the version of my parents that needed to hear that my parents needed to hear. And so it really comes full circle for me. You know, my mom's already passed on, but my dad is still alive and he has done so much work on himself over the decades. And it really shows. And he and I have been able to build a really uh, solid relationship with appropriate boundaries and certainly a lot of (laughs) compassion um, and allowance, you know, and forgiveness on both of our parts. But for many, many years, that was not the case. He was not available on that level and being married to him. And of course my mom had her own deep emotional wounds. You know, she was raised by alcoholics and, you know, had suffered so much in her life, even to the very end. And so I really dedicated this class, you know, to my parents and to that time in their life that was a, truly a hardship and to all the people that helped them during that time, you know, because I, I came from that and it affected my life. Absolutely. It, it made me who I am today for better and for worse for both. And I want to invite you to think of your situation in that way. You know, if, if that's something that you want, so many of us, um, in this world probably have been parented by narcissists just because that's just typically how we find our narcs and it, it, it colors the rest of our life. And, I just want you to know that there's so much hope and there's so much healing and there's so much available to all of us who are struggling. It just gets better and better. There are more and more people doing this work. There are more and more people changing and and developing tools that are more efficient and actually work. And I am proud and honored to be part of that work every day. And I love it. And I dedicate all of my work to my parents and how hard they tried and how hard they worked to give me the best life that they could. I am doing an interesting thing. I I inherited all of my mother's journals. In fact, she was very clear long before, you know, she passed that she was writing all these journals and had been writing them her whole life and that I would be the one that would get her journals. (laughs) I'm not sure why. Maybe she just knew that I would appreciate them. I don't know, but I'm just, I'm really grateful and I am starting to read them. I'm definitely not doing a deep dive into her journals. I'm not emotionally ready for that because I know that there's a lot of trauma in them and I'm just barely out of the trauma of surviving her death. And so (laughs) I'm really very trepidatiously, uh, is that a word? Trepidatiously? I'm, I'm very carefully approaching her journals very careful to take care of my mind, maybe to read only a little bit here and there, not dive in too deep, not get sucked in too much, being very careful and aware of my emotions, aware of my thoughts, aware of how my brain responds to what I'm reading and giving myself appropriate breaks and, you know, just not really being, having any pressure uh, about these journals. But there is a call in me to read these journals and to make use of them in some way And for now, what that looks like is taking some things that I read and solving for them and applying them and sharing them with my audience. And hopefully that will be a source of comfort and strength and purpose and fulfillment 
um, and change and growth for, for those who hear it. So that's where I'm at now. Who knows what will take place in the future for these, this amazing record that my mom has kept of her life. And I will be honest. Okay. (laughs) I love my mom tremendously, but I know that I'm dealing with a person with narcissist tendencies and that it's likely that the record that she wrote is extremely biased, at least in some ways. And I will be very careful about that too, which isn't to say that I want to negate, you know, all of her experiences by any stretch or, you know, and, and believe that there was intention to deceive, but it's, it's, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm cautiously approaching all of this and taking what I will from it in a way that will serve the world. So there's that. So look forward to more content about mom's journals coming forward in a way that will hopefully serve you. So the first thing I want to talk about is an amazing phrase that I came across uh, when my mom was writing in her journals in the 80s. So I was born in 86 and my mom married my dad in 85. And so I was born really quickly after they got married. I was ready. I was ready to come to this world. I couldn't wait another second. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's fun to think about. Um, and in, in, during that time that they were married, it was very, very, very turbulent. Lots of trauma, lots of emotional problems. Bless their hearts. It was a struggle from the very beginning. And so one of the things that she struggled with, with my dad, um, was just like, you know, constant criticism and never good enough and stress. And he would get angry and he would yell. And, you know, she had two children from a previous marriage and he was trying to discipline them and it was, it was inappropriate. And they were all trying their best, but they were, you know, especially my dad in that time was, was, was very angry and struggled with his own demons. And of course my mom struggled with hers. And of course, when you bring those two together, it's, it's not a great combination. And so there was a lot of hurt and there was a lot of pain going on. And my mom wrote one day in her journal, this phrase that I think is so profound and that really drove everything. Like it's a power sentence is what we would call it in the coaching world that nowadays, but I feel like it's even deeper than that. In my opinion, she wrote, I will have a better life. It was in the context of what she said, she was determined to change her life. She was determined to somehow change this situation. Eventually somehow heal, somehow create a healthy situation for her kids, somehow free herself. She had an iron will to have a better life. And that is so true. My mom really did. She worked every single day to have a better life, to create a better life for herself and her children. And sometimes that looked like getting out of a marriage. My mom was married five times. And so she was really good at getting out of it. (laughs) But she, she also somehow got herself into those marriages as well. And, and that's kind of work that she probably wasn't ready for and that's okay. But what she was able to do and what she was able to accomplish was willing herself out of those situations and into a better one. And what we know now is that, yes, it's amazing for you to will yourself out of a situation, to be so determined to create an amazing life. That is real and it's perfect, but that is only half of the work. The other half of the work is healing from your previous situation. 
your brain has changed from having to survive a narcissist. That's just the way that it is. My mom survived alcoholics and multiple narcissist relationships. And the reason why she kept getting into more narcissist relationships that created even more trauma and more pain for her in a vicious cycle was because she wasn't able to do the work to heal from those previous relationships. Now, I don't know if she was unable or unwilling or just didn't have the tools or it just wasn't available to her. It doesn't matter. I'm not necessarily making excuses, but I'm also not condemning her either because I I don't blame her at all. The fact that she even was able to have that will of a better life is extraordinarily remarkable. So in my opinion, she gets all the credit and I'm, I, from my standpoint, deserves zero condemnation. But what I can see now as an adult and someone who's gotten the degrees and the certifications and has done her own work and has helped clients do their work, I can see very clearly, okay, it's because it's only half the job. The other half is you have to do the work to heal from your narcissist relationship. You have to change your brain. You have to heal the old thoughts, the old beliefs, the survival mechanisms, everything that you developed in order to survive that situation must be dealt with. And I don't want that to be daunting to you. I don't want it to feel overwhelming to you because uh, that will get in the way of your healing, (laughs) number one. But number two, I want you to understand just how available and possible and even easy that it could be. It doesn't have to take years and years and years of work. It doesn't have to be this thing that you do 24-7. It could be a very simple focus on your thoughts and your emotions and loving yourself and coming home to yourself and processing through all of the trauma. That is actually the easy part. The hard part is coming up against the resistance. Your brain is wired to avoid facing your old traumas. And that's what, you know, gets in the way of narcissists to actually do their own work because they need to do tons and tons of work. But what makes them a narcissist, uh, aside from using harmful tools to get their emotional needs met, is their unwillingness to look at their own pain and process through their own trauma and take responsibility for their own emotions. Not from a place of it's all my fault, but from a place of I can only solve it. It only belongs to me. I was talking to one of my good friends recently. She and I are talking about how, about betrayal trauma. And betrayal trauma is one of those interesting words that just like narcissist, in my opinion, okay, this is, you know, (laughs) psychology and betrayal traumas and, you know, mental health things, according to Laura, by the way, I believe that betrayal trauma is as real as you make it. And that isn't to say that it's your fault and that it's all in your head. But narcissism, for example, that's just a word. We've talked about this before. It's just a word some psychologists made up to describe the experience that people have when they're dealing with a certain type of person who does a certain type of thing, right? It's a name. It's made up. You can't get a blood test or a brain scan and test for, yep, I tested positive for narcissism. Like, that's just not real. We, we, We come up with these labels to help us categorize things, right? We've talked about this. So betrayal trauma is the same thing. Now, is it real? Yes, of course it's real in the sense that, yeah, you've been betrayed and you have trauma in your body and there's a lot of emotions going on. But is it real in the sense that because you've had betrayal trauma, you'll always have it and you'll never heal from it and it's just who you are now? No, I don't think that's true. I think having the label of narcissist, having the label of betrayal trauma or whatever diagnosis that comes at you in terms of like emotional um, struggle, obviously there are diagnoses that have a, a a physiological component, you know, like depression and, um, postpartum and, and things like that. And so we can be discerning about that and we don't have to, 
you know, <laughs> go into all the specifics of, of all those things. But, but when it comes to, to trauma, obviously it's in the body. There is a physiological component to it, but trauma is not a disorder. Trauma is not a permanent thing that must stay with you all of the time. At least that's not what I believe. And it's possible to move through and to heal and to process through your trauma so that, and, and to change your brain from survival to calmness and to healing and growth and really getting yourself in that place where you can create the things that you want and you can think about things that you've been through and not have a visceral response to them anymore. Now, does that happen immediately? No, it takes some time and that's okay. So for example, when I talk about my mother's death and how, you know, traumatizing that was for me because of the way in which she decided to end her life, it really is. And I take full responsibility for this. I created the trauma for myself. Obviously I didn't create that choice that she made, but I created through my thoughts, through my imagination, through the way that I made sense of the loss of my mother. I created a lot of trauma for myself. And I don't say that to be judgmental or to say that, oh, you know, that was unnecessary. It was necessary for me, but I own it, right? I'm not going to say, wow, I, I caused myself, you know, unnecessary suffering and grieving. No, it was 100% necessary. I needed it because of my brain and where my brain is at, how I feel about my mother, the connection that I have with my mother and what I want to have experienced, um, at, at, at her passing. And so I know that it was my own imagination, my own thoughts, my own images in my mind that created the trauma for my body. And I, it took me many, many months to move through that and to heal from that. But I did. And I'm glad that I did because, I mean, I'm not advocating for creating trauma for yourself, but I, I'm just compassionate and, I'm accepting of where my brain was at that moment and what it needed to do, what it needed to have. And a lot of it has to do with how I was raised. A lot of it has to do with the complicated relationship that I had with my mother, mother throughout my life. I hadn't finished my work healing my relationship with my mom by the time she died. There was so much left to do. And so my brain was at where it was at and it needed to, I guess, traumatize itself to move through making sense of this kind of loss on this kind of scale. So just a lot of compassion and awareness and acceptance for myself wherever I was at. And so I don't blame myself. I don't tell myself that I, you know, did that to myself and it was unnecessary. I, I, I'm in full and radical acceptance of exactly what my brain needed to do to heal from that situation. Now, if you talk to my brothers, that's a totally different game for them. They, totally responded completely differently to the loss of my mom. They did not traumatize themselves in the way that I did. <laughs> and they have their reasons and they have their brains and where their brains are at and it's perfect for them. And they didn't need months and months of therapy to recover from uh, the way that their mom passed, but I did. And I'm okay with that, right? So when we talk about betrayal trauma, what that tells me is where that person's brain is at, that they are in a place where they are traumatizing themselves with their thoughts and emotions about this betrayal. So again, this is not to judge them and tell them, oh, it's all in your head and you're just traumatizing yourself and it's totally unnecessary. No, that's not what I mean at all. But I think having this nuanced understanding of what betrayal trauma is keeps the, the power, the authority in the hands of the person it belongs to. It makes it so that that person is always 
in control and never at the effect of other people, which is the most powerful place to be. And so if you own your own thoughts and your own emotions every single time, because that's just reality, no one can force you to think and feel an emotion at any given time. No one can jump into your brain and manipulate your brain cells and the electricity in your neurons to form in such a way that you are forced to feel a feeling or think a thought that you do not want to think or feel. That's not possible. All of your thoughts and emotions belong to you. And that's so true also for the narcissist. All of their thoughts and emotions belong to them every single time. They cannot blame you for their thoughts and emotions. They cannot. They have been trying to, and they have been for many, many years, but it's not real. It's not your fault that they feel the way that they feel and they think the way that they think. Now, does this mean that we go around and we're not considerate of other people and that we are, you know, we can just be jerks and it's up to them and it's their thoughts and it belongs to him? No. Obviously, we want to be kind, considerate, empathetic people and we want to love others and we want to give others, you know, beautiful things all of the time, you know, and, and we want to have compassion on them and we want to help them heal and you know, prevent as much harm for other people as much as possible, of course. And I fully support that. But when you're dealing with imperfect people, and especially when you're dealing with narcissists, you're going to have to let go of that and come back to the place of full responsibility for your own thoughts and emotions. And that doesn't mean that you stay around the narcissist and think, well, it's just my thoughts and I'm just going to stay getting emotionally abused by them. No, I'm not saying you should do that either. But if you are around people and you choose to be in their presence, just like I chose to have a relationship with my mom and I chose to think certain thoughts after she died, right? Then at least own it. You are allowed to own it without blaming yourself. And what that is going to do, it's going to give you so much leeway and power to heal when your brain is ready to heal. All right. So I was talking to my friend, we were talking about betrayal trauma and the way that we were talking about it was like, you know, when someone lies to you, or when someone, I, I had a client once who's, for example, who bless her heart, it was, it was crazy, but she, for 25 years was married to a man who was an alcoholic and she had no idea, no idea he was an alcoholic, but he was. And when she found out like that was a massive betrayal trauma because they'd been like going to church every week <laughs> and pretending like that was not a thing ever. And, <laughs> you know, just life was not what it was. And she lived a life that was quote, a lie, uh, for 25 years. I mean, how traumatizing is that? That would be very traumatizing. Absolutely. But when she and I worked together, we worked on all of those thoughts. We worked on, you know, it should have been this way and it wasn't. We worked on, did I cause it was my fault that he blamed me because of, for his drinking, right? Which is not true. You cannot blame someone else for your drinking. You can't do that. It's just not real. You don't cause someone else to drink. You can beg them. You can like try to force the, <laughs> the alcohol into their mouth. Right. But unless you have like, you know, pliers and <laughs> you try to force it into their mouth, they still have a choice. They can still try to spit it out. They can still try to, anyway, th we're getting off topic here, but my point is emotionally speaking, <laughs> emotionally speaking, you don't cause other people to make choices like this that's just not real, but narcissists love to blame other people for their bad behavior. And so we worked on that. And if you, if you believe, and this is true, that the narcissist never takes action because of things that you do, then you have to believe it for yourself too. It works both ways. 
No narcissist in your life causes you to feel terrible about yourself. You have thoughts that create you feeling terrible about yourself that were likely inspired by the narcissist, right? In fight or flight, we accept the thoughts that come to us without question because we're just trying to survive. And we don't even think about it. It's not even in our awareness to be like, hmm, do I really believe that I'm worthless? They're telling me I'm worthless, but do I believe it? No, that's not available in the moment when you're in a toxic high fight or flight situation, right? So tons of compassion for yourself. This is not about self-blame or anything like that. But as soon as you're able to get awareness, as soon as you're able to calm your fight or flight response, it becomes more available to you to consider, okay, well, what is it about the thing that they said that I agree with? Do I think I'm worthless? Do I believe that? And if you do believe that, lots of compassion for yourself. Of course you believe that. You learned to believe that in order to survive. And now we're going to choose different thoughts, no matter what the narcissist says or does. Even if they tell you every single day that you're worthless, you are going to work. You're going to work to make sure that you don't believe it. You're going to work to either get yourself out of that situation, set some boundaries, create some safe space for yourself. And you're going to tell yourself twice as many times how worthy you are until you believe it over and over and over again. You know, retrain your brain through new thoughts to believe deeply that you are a worthy person. And that other person in your life can say whatever they want about you. Who cares? They can't force you to believe something about yourself that you don't want to. And so I want you to really see the vision of that ownership and that power that we all have in us at all times. Even if it hasn't been available to us in the past for various reasons, it can be available, available starting today. And if it's not available to you today, that's okay too. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means what, what love can we put on you now? How can we love you a little bit more? How can you love yourself? How can you give yourself more compassion? How can you create more calm and rest in your body right now? That's the priority. The thoughts are not the priority. Yes, they are the most powerful, absolutely. But the real priority is your safety and your sense of self-love and, and your, your sense of feeling calm right now in this moment. That's the real priority. So if you're finding that thought work can be a real challenge for you, it's likely that your fight or flight is activated. And so always turning back to creating that calmness and space for yourself. So going back to that, um, that phrase that my mom said, I, I'm going to have a better life. I will create a better life. I don't remember the exact phraseology and you go look, look it up, but basically just that, that determination came through, it came off the page and it was so beautiful to see. And I see that in my clients all of the time that they are determined to give a better life to themselves and their kids, but they don't know how, or they feel scared or they feel held back or they're held back by beliefs like, well, I don't have any money or he controls everything or he's just going to punish me or some version of, of, of feeling limited. And I just want to offer that, you know, if my mom could do it and she did, let me tell you with the limited tools that she had and the limited availability that she had and the limited mental and emotional capacity that she had based on, you know, how she was raised and where she was at and the level of fight or flight, like she accomplished tremendous things despite the fact that she was not able or willing or whatever you want to call it to do any of the work on the back end of healing from that time. And I, I don't think she ever attempted. I think she did try. I think she went to therapy and she read a lot of self-help books, but um, it, none of it truly got through uh, 
at all fully. <laughs> Some of it did. I, I mean, okay, I, I don't want to be unfair. I think a lot of it came through, but ultimately she still blamed everyone around her and she, you know, forwarded a lot of uh, her things onto us and made all, a lot of people responsible. But she also had a lot of things that she she did take care of that made it so that I wasn't, you know, doing lots of other things that was given to her, for example. So she really, she forwarded the work. She brought me on the journey with her and I'm so, so, so proud of her for all the work that she did. hundred percent. I'm going to get emotional talking about it because, you know, as an adult, and this is what happened on the webinar, actually the webinar, I wanted to tell you that I was preparing for this webinar. I think I, I think I opened the uh, the podcast talking about this, and I didn't finish that thought. <laughs> Welcome to my ADHD brain. Uh, <laughs> when I was preparing for the webinar, I can sometimes get really nervous, and I went outside, you know, jumped on the trampoline with my two year old because my two year old loves the trampoline, and the wind was blowing, and I just felt so enveloped. I felt so surrounded by this energy, by this like powerful knowing that what I am doing, this work that I am doing is coming full circle, that I was meant and put on this earth with the various, you know, gifts and experiences, you know, and desires that I have to do this very work and that it it is going to make a tremendous difference and, the, and to just keep going. And that this is just the beginning and that like so much is ahead of us, you know, and this, and, and to just keep going, you know, many times I wanted to cancel. <laughs> That's just what I do. Sometimes I like, sometimes I feel like I need to cancel because I'm just like, no, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. But I really felt so uplifted in that moment. I felt like, you know, mom was cheering me on. I felt like ancestors that I didn't even know, you know, were, were cheering me on. And this is again, a, a peek into my, my faith background. I feel very strongly that they're, that the veil between, you know, our side and their side is very thin. And I believe that they, they see us, they watch us, they learn from us. I really do. Not everyone believes that. And that's okay. We've talked about delusion. <laughs> We've talked about creating perception that isn't necessarily reality, but can create a new reality. This is one of those things where I choose to believe this, you know, without a, to a ton of evidence, but it serves me so tremendously to create beautiful things in my life. And so I choose to keep it anyway. And, and I just, I just felt all of that warm, beautiful energy and the wind and the hope and the gratitude and the love and the belief in me you know, and the work that I'm doing, I felt it very powerfully. And I was just like, okay, let's go, let's do this. And the webinar went so well. It went so tremendously, not just because I was able to deliver the content in a way that, you know, I'm very proud of. And I really am very proud of myself. <laughs> like, yay, go me. <laughs> you know, it's so important to celebrate yourself every chance you get. But really, it was about everyone who came. People showed up and they got coaching and we coached powerfully. And, and these people are tremendous people. I had people on the call who had left their narcissist many years before and were learning how to co-parent and just kind of maintaining like 
lots of things that they've learned. And I had people who were still in their narcissist situation and just like, how do I leave? How do I co-parent? I'm scared. And then I had people who were literally fresh out of the narcissist relationship. Like they just barely left and got into their own place and separated from the narcissist. Like these people are incredible people. Do you have any idea how incredible you are? Do you have any idea how powerful you are? You did that. You had that determination. You had that drive. You have that drive in you to create a better life. The drive that my mother did. And I just want to honor that for you and honor that for her and honor that for me. It's a powerful mechanism and it is unstoppable. And that's what I want to encourage you with today. Like the narcissist in your life is all about trying to stop you. It's all about trying to make you small. It's all trying to, about all about trying to keep you, keep you in that fear place, keep you in the place of, no, that's not possible. I'm scared. I'm just going to get punished. I'm just going to deal with backlash. You know, I don't want to hurt anyone. I don't want people to get hurt. You know, all of these things that keep you back, that, that keep you in fear response, that's them trying to stop you. And you are unstoppable. You have it in you to be unstoppable. My mom literally was unstoppable. She was. And it's kind of ironic because, because it kind of led her to an interesting choice that she made at the end, but she literally was unstoppable. You could not stop her. We tried, believe me. And but you, she was also unstoppable in so many other areas of your eyes. Now, this is me not, I'm not advocating suicide, okay? Absolutely not. Please, if you are suicidal, please reach out, get help, call 988, go to the National Suicide Hotline, get yourself some support, go to a hospital, go to a trusted friend, do what you got to do. But when it comes to having a better life, when it comes to healing, when it comes to changing your thoughts and becoming a, an empowered and incredible version of yourself that actually gets what they want, that actually creates the life that they were put on this earth to create, you have it in you to be unstoppable. Absolutely. Even if you don't do this work perfectly, even if you only manage your mind some of the time, <laughs> right? My mom had very limited access to these tools and she was able to accomplish tremendous things. She was able to reach financial independence. She bought homes. She had a career. She retired with a lot of money even though she worked as a legal secretary making, you know, less than minimum wage for many years and, you know, had multiple jobs, worked overtime, you know, she created financial independence for herself. She created a situation where her kids had access to education and made sure that they went to college, went on missions, you know, went to high school, were in extracurriculars, were educated in lots of other things, just besides school, like in music and, and sports and things like that, she sacrificed and did everything she could to give us a better life. And that is unstoppable. Oof. I'm emotional, <laughs> but, um, I want you to know that you have that in you too. <clears throat> if you're listening to this, I want you to tap into that. I want you to tap into that real power that you have right now. You have access to it. And yes, it's through your thoughts. And yes, we're going to heal. And yes, we're going to make changes and we're going to change your brain. But all of that is tangential. It is something that comes after you decide right now that you are going to have a better life, even if your circumstances right now are complete garbage, <laughs> even if you are just in a, a place you never wanted to be in that's okay. It doesn't matter because your iron will, your, your determination to create a better life for yourself is where it all starts. And if you can hold on to that, no matter what you will get out, you will achieve your goals. You're going to make it. 
and take advantage of the tools available to you. I'm going to provide you with everything that I have. And I want to provide you with all the support that you need. And I want you to open yourself to the possibility that all of the things that you want really are available to you. And you have it in you to create them. You have it in you to use the tools. You have it in you to make so many changes in your life that the generations that come after you never have to deal with narcissist garbage again, at least not in the way that you've had to, right? Or that your parents have had to. It's so available. It's so possible. Hold on to that thought. Hold on to that belief, that possibility. You are truly an unstoppable force if you believe this, that you will have a better life, just like my mom did in 1986 and 1987. <laughs> it's 2022. It lives on. And it will live on if you decide to every single day. All right. So that's, that's my invitation to you. I want to, I want to support you. I want to show you that this is why I do what I do. You know, I could do anything for a career. I could go be anywhere and make my money doing lots of things, but I choose to be here because this is where all of my gifts and desires and experiences line up beautifully. They just do. And it's such an amazing thing for me and extremely fulfilling and it's making use of all of the things that I've experienced and all of the things that are at my disposal. And so I, I really think that that's my invitation to you as well to connect you to your purpose. What is your purpose? What have your experiences and your gifts and your desires led you to, or what will they lead you to? What do they lead up to? What do, what do, what point do they come to that it makes so much sense for everything that you've ever been through, all the things that you want, right? Everything that has happened to you, all of the gifts that you've been given, the, the talents, the natural abilities that you have, they all lead you to a specific purpose. And you don't have to have, you know, a groundbreaking, you know, purpose or anything like that necessarily. But, you know, if you're trying to make your life better and you're trying to take advantage of that iron will and that unstoppable power that you have in your body, a great way to access that is to look at your gifts, to look at your experiences and to look at your desires and see where they line up. And that will really be rocket fuel on the work that you're doing. So that's my invitation to you. And I also wanted to let you know, because the, the the webinar went so beautifully. We got coaching. Everyone that wanted to get coached got coached. And it was so much fun and so transformational. It was a two-hour call, y'all. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be two hours, but everyone stayed on. And, you know, we just needed to coach. We needed it to be two hours. So if you are listening to this before December 31st, you have access to this call. If you get on my email list, you will be able to get the email that will link you to the video so that you can listen to it and apply all the coaching to yourself. After December 31st, I will be offering up this class um, as paid content. So it'll be $25 for the class. And we'll be doing more masterclasses coming up in January. We've got a masterclass lined up. I'll get all the links situated so that you can start setting up for it here in a, uh, in a few weeks. Um, but it'll probably be the middle to the end of January that we'll do the masterclass. And it'll be the same format. You'll come on the call. You'll, you'll register. You'll come to the call. We'll do a training and then we'll do coaching afterwards. And um, the replay will be available for a few days and then it'll be available for sale. And we'll do that you know, every month for the next year. 
And in the meantime, I want to invite you now to what I invited my webinar attendees to. I want to support you. I want it to be so easy for you to access the support. So I want to offer the, um, the membership. We have officially opened it. It's going to be, it's very, very simple, but I want you to sign up before the end of the year because I'm offering a special. So the mat, the membership is going to be $97 a month for, you know, however long you decide to stay in the membership, or you can buy it for a year at a time for $9.97. But if you sign up before December 31st, well, midnight, December 31st, whatever, before January 1st of the next year, if you sign up before then, we're bringing it down to $47 per month. So you'll be in a recurring payment plan for a year of $47 for, you know, access to the membership. And, or if you want to buy a year's worth, it's $447. So I think that's a little different than the price that I, (laughs) that I, that I presented on the call. I think on the call I presented like $6.97 and I did the math and I was like, that doesn't make sense. So the, the actual price for a year, if you sign up before, um, midnight, December 31st is 447. <laughs> Bless my heart, middle ADHD brain. We'll get this. The links are correct. So if you go on the, on the link in the show notes, you'll be able to click on it and you'll see, you'll see the price despite my best efforts at trying to remember everything, but 47 for, you know, monthly access to the membership or one year for 447, which is an amazing deal. And I want to offer that to you as my Christmas present or whatever, you know, New Year's present, you know, new year, new you, whatever it is (laughs) that you need. uh, This is the support that I want to offer you. It's weekly coaching where you show up in a group and you get coached on your situation. We're trying to create lots of amazing results in 2023. So maybe you want to leave your narcissist. Maybe you left and you want to heal from that. Maybe you want to find your amazing new partner. Maybe you want to heal your relationship with money. Maybe you want to heal your relationship with your mom. There are just so many things that narcissist affected people need to do. And I want to offer that support to you wherever you're at on your journey. And it's going to be in a group, weekly calls recorded. You'll have access to a private podcast where all of those recorded episodes will be located, located, including the masterclasses. So if you purchase the membership, you get access to all of the masterclasses. You don't have to pay for them. They will be on the private podcast. And if we end up doing a membership portal, they'll be there too, but we're working on that. But basically it's, you'll be on a special email list and you'll get access to the link to the call for that week. You'll get access to the recording and you'll get um, all the masterclasses and any worksheets and things and goodies that I come up for you uh, come up with for you, uh, during the masterclass so that you get the support that you need, um, in the way that you need it and, and the way that I can provide it for you. So our calls will happen once a week. Uh, it'll likely be on uh, Thursdays. just get on the email list so you can get access to the information about when the calls will happen. Cause they may end up changing just so that we can accommodate, you know, everyone who joins so that we have maybe some evening times, maybe some during the day times, uh, so that everyone can get a chance to get the coaching and support that they need. And if you have any questions, feel free to email me, Laura at by the way, coaching.com, but get on the email list. I'll give you all the information in emails and, um, I invite you to join us, join this membership. It's going to change your life. And again, thank you for your patience. <laughs> I know that my, my two year old can be heard in the background. And then I also just want to emphasize if you need more support, if you need one-on-one and private support, that is still available. I, I'm still offering results-based coaching where we work together until you get the result that you want. So both of those options are available to you. And of course, any and all private clients will have access to the membership included in their um, 
private client price. So if that is something that's on your mind as well, please feel free to reach out. You can fill out an application or you can just DM me. We can have a conversation and book a consultation. So those are available to you, the membership or and or the um, the private work that you and I do together. You've got this. Use your iron will. You will have a better life just like my mom did and I can help you. Hope you have an amazing day. Merry Christmas and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode. I want you to know that you are not alone, that you've got this. I want to offer you my help. I coach people just like you one-on-one to get results because I offer results-based coaching. This means that you hire me to create a specific result in your life. We work together until that result is done. No stress, no time restrictions, just results. Send me a message, Lara at bythewaycoaching.com or go to larabytheway.com slash contact to fill out your application. Talk to you soon. Bye.